Well, good morning, church. Great to see each one of you, and uh, it's good to be back here with you. And uh, as we get started, please take a moment to find your notes outline on the back of your worship flyer. And if you have a basket of pins underneath your chair there in the aisle, just make sure those down your row have a pen that they could write with today. And you can uh, take some, some notes or draw funny pictures of me if you'd like to do that this morning, all right? Great to have each one of you here. Go ahead and turn in your Bible to Ecclesiastes 6. 12. On your phone or in your Bible, Ecclesiastes 6.12, and we'll be there in just a moment. But first, we have a privilege this morning to dedicate one of our children to the Lord. And so coming this morning are BJ and Sherry, some people I happen to know very well, as they come to dedicate their youngest child, Wade. And uh, so would you please welcome them as they come this morning. We also have the joy of uh, having uh, BJ's parents, another set of grandpa and grandma, Bob and Patty here, and Aunt Carrie with us this morning as well to participate in this this morning. Good morning, Wade. (laughs) Well, as you guys know, the act of dedication is a commitment to raise your child in the ways of the Lord and then to release them beyond your ability and your skills to the ways of the Lord, that he might direct them into everlasting life, eternal life, and some effective ministry using their gifts. It's really a commitment that says we will raise our child in the ways of the Lord according to God's word with the goal of developing within him or her a heart that desires to really know God, love God, and serve God. As you know, each child must respond to God in some way. So your modeling and your teaching and your encouragement is incredibly important. So to you today, realize the importance of your training to teach him the truths of God's word, to model before him a Christian lifestyle, to train him through appropriate discipline, and I know that he needs some. And will you encourage him to receive Christ early in his life? Will you say, we do? Okay, Wade, would you come to Papa? Can you come to Papa? Yeah, okay. All right. Would you uh, stretch out your hands as we dedicate Wade to the Lord? Father, we lift Wade to you, and we dedicate him to you now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the way you've built him, the talents you've already placed within him, the abilities. We pray, God, that you would use him for some effective ministry and especially help him to enjoy this abundant life that you've promised us. And Lord, help him then to have eternal life with you in heaven. Lord, we dedicate Wade to you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) May God bless you. (laughs) Let's thank them for dedicating Wade this morning. Fun having those kids up the street. Well, just before the message this morning in Ecclesiastes, we're going to continue our series. Take a look at this. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, 60 seconds spot on time. Can I have a clock in the corner? It's there. Thank you. Roll them. Rolling. Action. Okay, here's the deal. We all know that life is busy. There aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things that we want and need to do. In fact, you're probably thinking of all the things you need to do next week right now, wondering how you're going to squeeze it all in. But the fact is, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter how much is on your plate, we all have the same gift of 24 hours each day. 
It's 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. All the money in the world won't let you buy one single second more than the next guy. And once that second is gone, it's gone forever. Look, there goes one right now. Another one, gone. You'd think that we would judiciously use such a limited and valuable gift. You'd think that we would choose wisely how to spend, no, invest our time. But do we? Really? I mean, after taking the time for eating and sleeping and all the other basic necessities, do we really use this gift the way we should? Think of all the great things you could do in 24 hours, all the lives you could touch, all the significant changes that could be made in your life and others. The fact is, you could actually make a difference in this world in 24 hours. Or not. So, how are you investing your time? <laughs> wow. Time goes just like that, doesn't it? It goes that fast. And in America, we have more time-saving devices than any other country in the world. In fact, we have our calendars, our texts, our emails, our GPS, the weather, as close as our wrist in America. And yet, as Americans, we complain about a lack of time more than any country or people in the world. So today, we're going to look at how to make the most of your time. But I'm not going to talk about how to get twice as much done in the time that you have. Because most of you are already cramming way too much into your schedules for the time that you do have. Instead, I want to talk with you this morning about how to make the most of your time during the times that are out of your control. How do you make the most of your time when things start crumbling around you? How do you make the most of your time when the things that you've worked so hard to build start crumbling, start falling? Start failing. When your castle that you've worked so hard to build, maybe your job, maybe your home, maybe your marriage, maybe your health, comes crashing down. Now, we all experience times in our lives that are out of our control. So how do you best use the time that you have in those times, in those out-of-control times? How do you make the most of those times? Solomon in Ecclesiastes asked this question. Chapter 6, verse 12. Here we go. In the few days of our meaningful, meaningless lives, who knows how our days can best be spent? So he says here, who? I mean, who knows how we should best spend the days of our lives? Who knows that? When the things that used to bring meaning into our lives no longer do. When the things that used to bring meaning into our lives have crashed. When those things have, have ended. Who knows how to best use the time that we have in those times? Well, the answer is this. You know the answer. God knows. Amen? God knows how your days can best be spent. But you're probably thinking, okay, but does God ever tell me anywhere in the Bible how to make the most of my time in those tough times, in those really, really bad times of my life? The answer is yes. If we go back to chapter 3, God gives you five things to do when it comes to your good times and your bad times. So in your notes, write this down. First, God teaches that time is best spent when you accept that he has a plan for every time, good and bad, that he has a plan for every time, and you begin to accept that. Because God does have a plan for every good time and every bad time in your life. Now, the Bible says this, 
There is a time for everything. That means everything, whether it's good or whether it's bad. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Now, last week, if you were here, Pastor Carl shared with us the 28 times of life that Solomon wrote about in chapter 3. Things like there's a time to be born, and then there's a time to die. And Solomon starts off the 28 times of life with something that's totally out of your control. Your birth date and your death date. And in those 28 times of life, there are 14 positive things, good things, and there are 14 negative things, bad things. Solomon writes about something that eventually all of us will experience, that life is a combination of both good and bad, positive and negative. Have you learned that yet in life? Amen? Life is a combination. But the Living Bible paraphrase says, verse 3, this way, Everything is appropriate in its own time. But as I look at that and I say, everything is appropriate? What? You mean everything is appropriate? Really? Yeah, you can't just read the first half of that verse and say, yes, everything that happens is appropriate. It's all right. It's all correct. It's all pleasant. Because everything that happened is not appropriate. It's not good. It's not all right. It's not all pleasant. Not everything is right. Financial disaster hits. Not good. Loss of a loved family member in your life. Not good. I can tell you that. Not good. Health crashes. Not good. But the New International Version of that same verse says it this way. He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. In other words, in time, God will bring good out of the bad. In the right appropriate time, God will bring beauty out of those ashes, those things that have seemed to burn down in your life. In time, God will bring something beautiful out of something that was horrible. So the question is this, will you trust God to do that? Will you trust him to do that? Will you accept that God has a good plan for everything that comes your way? Or will you just simply say, God, you did this to me, or you let this happen to me, and you begin to blame God, run from God, turn your back on God? Or will you simply trust him during both the good times and the bad times of your life? Will you trust him to bring good out of the bad times of your life? You see, God teaches time is best spent when you first accept that he has a plan for every kind of time in your life. Second, then you affirm your faith in a confusing time. Your time is best spent when you affirm your faith, when you keep the faith. You don't run from God. You don't run from the faith when a confusing time hits. You keep the faith when you don't know why something is slapping you in the face. You don't understand why this God that you serve, this God that you love would allow something like that to happen to you. The Bible says, though God has planted eternity in the hearts of men, even so, man cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Now, when the Bible says God has put eternity in your heart, it means that you've been given an inborn desire to, to know the future, a desire to live forever in eternity. 
but you've not been given the ability to see that future or to know the whole scope of God's work, to see his whole plan for you, to see what he's preparing for you. We all have a limited perspective. We don't have an infinite understanding. We have finite minds, a limited scope. It's kind of like an ant trying to to comprehend a human being. An ant's brain just isn't big enough. And our brains aren't big enough to see and understand the whole scope of what God is doing in our lives. So even though God has planted eternity in the hearts of men, we can't see that whole scope of God's work. We can't see the beginning of it. We can't see the end of it. We only see that present situation that we're in that hurts, that's hard. But God knows and God sees the end result. So when we're in a confusing time, we only see the painful process. But God sees the end product. We only see the confusing time. We only see the ugly cocoon But God sees the transformed butterfly. Listen, God knows about your confusing time. And God has the ability to bring beauty out of that bad time, out of that ugly cocoon time of your life. You see, we can only see the temporal. We can only see the external. But God sees the eternal that he's taking us towards. We can only see the here and now, but God looks at the long-term product. So the question is, will you keep the faith in those confusing times? Will you keep following Christ? Jesus says, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Paul writes about a confusing time, and he says, this happened so we might learn to trust not in ourselves, but in God. So you might be confused now about what's happening in your life, but later you will understand. There's going to be a day when we get to heaven, we're going to go, now I understand. Now I see what God was doing in my family. Now I see what God was doing in me or my spouse. Now now I get it. God promises that one day you will understand. So God teaches that time is best spent when you affirm your faith in a confusing time. You just keep on following Christ. And then next, write this down, and when you accomplish good works in the present time. Whether you're in the midst of a good time or a bad time this morning, don't waste your present time. Use the present time by continuing to do good works no matter what the time is like that you are in, good or bad. Now, you all know what kind of time that I'm in right now. And I, I could quit. I, I could stop doing the good works that God created me to do and has called me to do. But I ain't going to let that happen. I'm not going to do that because the only time I can do good works is now in the present time. I'm not going to be able to do good works when I'm dead, when I'm gone. So the time is now. The present time is the only time that I can do good works for God and and for others. The Bible says there is nothing better for men to be happy and to do good work while they live. So write this down, maybe somewhere on your outline. The good life is experienced when you spend your life doing good. If you really want to live a good life and look back and say, man, life was good, 
The good life is experienced when you spend your life doing good. The Bible says God created us for a life of good works, which is already prepared for us to do. Now, God didn't put us on earth just to live for ourselves. God created you and me to do good things for others during our lifetime. And you and I only get 50, maybe 90 years to do that, and then comes death. Then comes eternity. So the question is, if God created you for a lifetime of good works, are you using any of that time today to do good works for God and others? In this present time, are you doing what God made you to do? The Bible says, whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. I like to say that verse this way. Do what you can while you can. Do what you can while you can. Now, you can't do everything for everybody, but you can do something for somebody. Amen? Oh, come on, church. Amen? You can do something for somebody. Do what good you can while you can. Folks, there's no better time than now. There's no better time than the present time. Regardless of what kind of time you're in, do good in your present time. And the scripture tells us that you will then enjoy God's rewards for your good works for all time. God teaches time is best spent when you accomplish good works in the present time and when you appreciate every moment of time. Are you appreciating every moment of every day? You know, Pastor, you don't know where I work. <laughs> but are you appreciating every moment of every day? Are you appreciating that gift of time that God gives you each day? Time tomorrow is never guaranteed. Solomon says, all of us should eat and drink and enjoy what we've worked for. It's God's gift. Time is a gift to you. And what are you supposed to do with any gift? You're supposed to open it. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to use it. So God wants you to enjoy your time on earth, not just endure it. I mean, when you, when you eat a great steak, anybody had a great steak lately? I did a wedding on Friday night and had a great steak. <laughs> when you eat a great steak, take time to thank God for it, and man, enjoy every little bite of it. Amen? Enjoy it. And, and when you drink a great drink, like a peppermint mocha frappuccino double blended, that's my drink. Take time to thank God for it. And enjoy every little sip of it. Amen? We're supposed to enjoy and appreciate every moment of life. The Bible says, how many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. Live and enjoy each little moment. Like when you open the door and your kids or your grandkids run up to you and just hug your leg and lift up their hands and want you to hold them. Love every moment. It happens to Bruce and Wade all the time. You guys too. You open the door. It's just awesome. Enjoy those moments. Don't think I've got to get something else done. I've got to get in the door. No, appreciate that moment. And when your kids are sick and all you want to do is sleep, but all they want you to do is be with them in the middle of the night. <laughs> Enjoy each one of those moments. The question is, are you grateful for every moment of every day and every year that God lets you live? 
Imagine this. If you were notified that you were going to be given $86,400 for every 24 hours as a free gift, no strings attached, and that you could use it any way that you wanted to for anything you wanted, but at the end of the day, whatever amount you didn't spend, you didn't use, would revert back to the bank, and none of it carried over to the next day. Now imagine that. If that happened to you, my guess is this. You would get really serious about figuring out how to spend every single cent of that $86,400. Well, in the same day, here's the point. God deposits 86,400 seconds into your daily time account every day. It's a free gift to you from Him. You get to use it any way you want, but at the end of the day, gone. Gone. You can't get it back. You can't carry it over to the next day. So appreciate each moment of time, God's gift to you. Use it for good. Be grateful for it and enjoy it. God teaches time is best spent when you appreciate every moment of time. And last, when you anticipate giving an account for your time. Folks, one day you're going to give an account to God for how you used your time. And so now's the time to get ready for that moment in time. Solomon says this. Take a look at this. God will call the past into account. He goes on and says in the next few verses, God will be the judge of the good and the bad because the time for every purpose and for every work has been fixed by him. Now, why is God going to judge you for the way that you use your time? Because your time is your life. Time is your most important, precious commodity. It's far more important than any money. Money is a renewable resource, but time is not. Once time is gone, it's gone. You only have a certain amount of time. So every week you get 168 hours a week, no more, no less. It's God's gift to you. And so when we talk about how you use your time, we're really talking about how you are using your life. So if you're just wasting time, if you say, I'm just killing time, you're wasting your life. You're killing your life. Paul says each of us will give an account of himself to God. And that moment of accounting, folks, I think it's going to be far more detailed than any IRS audit. <laughs> God knows it all. And he's going to call into account all of the time that we've wasted. Now, if you're a believer, if you've invited Christ into your heart, if you've asked him to forgive your sins and you're following him, you are a Christian. And as a Christian, you will not be judged for your sins. Jesus Christ has paid for them on the cross. Paid for. You're forgiven. Amen? That's the, that's the best part right there. But you will give an account for how you used your time on earth. You'll not be judged for your sins, but you'll be judged for how you used your time to serve God and others. That evaluation is for the purpose of how God is going to reward us for all that we've done. The Bible says, take a look at this, live life then with a due sense of responsibility. Not as ones who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do. We were created by God to do good works. Meaning of life. So make the best use of your time. 
Folks, you have a limited amount of time. You and I get to choose how we will use it. So make the best use of your time, for your time is your life. God teaches time is best spent when you accept that He has a plan for every time, good and bad. You may not understand it, but He has a plan. When you affirm your faith in a confusing time, you keep on keeping on. You don't understand why, but you keep following Christ. When you accomplish good works in the present time, no matter if you're going through a bad time. You appreciate every moment of time and you anticipate giving an account of your time. Now, as we close this morning, regardless of the kind of time that you're in right now, I want you to know God knows about it. And God is with you in it. And I want you to know God will make something beautiful come from it. And God will reward you for the good ways you used your time in the midst of it, in spite of it. Today, maybe some of you are facing a hard time. Maybe you're facing something really difficult in one of the places of your life. Maybe you're feeling like your life is crumbling, like things are about to come crashing down. If that's where you are this morning, would you, as I pray, repeat this prayer in your heart? And would you sincerely pray this prayer to God? Or maybe say, yes, Lord, I'll do this. Would you bow your heads? And as I pray, would you pray in your heart? Would you say something like, Father, you know what I'm facing. I don't know the future, but you do. I don't know what to do but you do. So I ask that you let your thoughts be my thoughts. That you let your wisdom be my wisdom. That you let your strength become my strength during this time. I will trust you. I will do the things we've talked about today. And I will follow you all the days and during all the times of my life. Father, many of us have been through all kinds of things, good and bad, already in our lives. And those of us who have turned to you have found that when we ask for your wisdom, you give it to us generously. When we ask for strength, you give us a strength that's far beyond our own. When we ask for the right kind of thinking, the right kind of thoughts, when we're confused, you are faithful to give them. Father, we thank you for your love that never ends. We thank you for your faithfulness that never ends. And we thank you for your plan to take us into eternity in heaven with you, a place that never ends. We worship you. This morning we take this time to recommit our lives and our time to you in a new and a fresh way. Help us to leave this place and be more thoughtful about how we use our time, which is our life, I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen.